not a full meal. Lots of spices, haven't they? But maybe they're missing the protein just right now. <laughs> spices and protein. Tipping Liverpool to stay up this year. <laughs> Thanks for explaining how the Premier League works then. Enjoy that now. No. Uh, <laughs> Hello and welcome to a brand new year and a brand new episode of the Football Times podcast uh, with myself, RadioTimes.com sport editor Michael Potts, and I'm joined in the still virtual studio by Mr. Jake Wilson of BBC Match of the Day magazine. How are you doing? Happy New Year. Well, it's not really Happy New Year, it's just sort of New Year. But how are you doing? Yeah, I'm still I'm still doing it. I'm popping those imaginary party <laughs> poppers. We're back, Michael. The highlights of the year so far, obviously. Um, I'm buzzing to be back, mate. That is an incredibly, incredibly low bar. Uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not been a worldie so far. It's not been a great year. But, you know, we, we, we do what we do. And uh, we are back every week. Uh, hopefully every Thursday we'll be back to bring you some of the, the big previews of Premier League games on TV that weekend, uh, as well as a bit of bit of chat this week. We're going to be discussing and looking at a few of the, the Premier League title race contenders, of which there are many, and, uh, and a little bit of fantasy Premier League for you as well, ahead of a double, 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 double game week. Um, just one double, but you get my drift. It's pretty big. Um, we will... Without any further ado, we'll crack straight into the game, shall we? And it's a bit of a big one. It's a bit of a big one if you're from the Midlands, if you're a, a Wolverhampton Wanderers fan. Um, good job I've got one here. Uh, it's <laughs> Wolves versus West Brom in the actual Midlands derby, um, as opposed to the sort of semi-Midlands derbies we talked about before. Uh, it's on BT Sport, 12.30 kickoff on Saturday. Uh, it's Wolves versus West Brom. Wolves, not having a great one. Um how is it going? Because I feel like Wolves are one of those teams where everybody kind of feels like they've got them cracked and we can all just say, oh, yeah, they're, they're a good team, probably on the edge of Europe. Oh, it's just Jimenez, you know, that's that's the issue. What's actually going on? Give us give us the lowdown. I think, I think you're right. Um, it's a, a big, big derby um, for many, many reasons. But, but Wolves need this derby right now. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Wolves, um, and the amount of young players that we keep playing. Um, but I think it's good to uh, recognise just how young these players that we've got in our squad are. A lot of them are younger than um, a lot of the Aston Villa squad that got <laughs> beaten by Liverpool. Uh, they had uh, 20, 21-year-olds at the back. We're playing 20, 21-year-olds week in, week out, not batting an eyelid. Um, just for one, Fabio Silva is the youngest Premier League player to start a game this season by six months and he's playing every week because um, our options are, are that thin. Um, Nuno wants this, though. He wants a young squad. Um, but injuries, they have happened to basically every squad in the Premier League this year. But teams like Wolves and Leeds, who uh, pick to have thin, thin squads, um, we've struggled as, as much as anyone. Jimenez, obviously, is the big miss. Um, he he really is a talisman up front and without him we have really struggled four goals it is that cutting edge um, that we really miss Silva's not there 
Um, Patrick Catrone has just come back from Fiorentina, mm. but he barely played there. He scored a few goals when lockdown, the first lockdown, um, the first of all the lockdowns the uh, many. Uh, over in Italy. Um, but but we really don't have the options. Podence is injured. Traore has been had a, had a knock. We've got no money by the sounds to buy anyone new. We've got to find a way here. Um, and going forward, um, it's it's bleak. So sounds like every, apart from that, everything's fine. <laughs> but the strength, let me, let, me get positive. <laughs> let me bring a positive in here um, because I want to talk about Ruben Neves. Okay, we all know, we've all heard Ruben Neves is this, Ruben Neves is that. He's a brilliant player, but I'm not sure everyone's quite understood what makes him so brilliant. He had a bit of a low point beginning of the season. He wasn't really on it, but last few weeks, he has been back to his best. Yes, he scores screamers. And no, he hasn't scored a screamer in a while. He scored from inside the box from the first time in the Premier League Whoa. the other day. Tidy. But it's his, it's his work off and on the ball that is so brilliant. So he's passing... Is unbelievable. His big switches, him and Cody constantly just switching play, passing all over the shop. Um, but his tackling uh, is is first rate. Nevers' um, tackling ability and the amount of tackles that he makes uh, in a game really does uh, do a job shielding our defence. And um, he's been a bright light in a very overcast uh, December and January <laughs> for Wolverhampton Wanderers. Mm, absolutely. And uh, are there any... Are there any sort of frustrations maybe with Nuno? I know it's easy to point fingers at managers and are there, what's the sort of vibe towards Nuno at the minute? Are still sort of, is there still sort of the majority trusting him? Is there a bit of a divide? Is there a bit of like, oh, us be them, you know, want him out, want him in? Is there a bit of a, any splits starting to open up there? There's a couple. You see the rumblings on the social media. I don't think there's people calling for him uh, in large numbers to be out. But I think there are a few frustrations with what people perceive to be mistakes over over lineups. Um, obviously, we've got the back four, the back five that we play with. Um, so I think, you know, there's, there's always debates there and a few substitutions. Um, some players coming in that maybe aren't ready. Vitinha, we've played a few times now and he really doesn't look just ready yet um, for the Premier League stage. Um, but I think uh, a lot of the frustration is the, the, the lack of transfer um, Activity this window, as it will be with most Premier League clubs, to be honest. Um, January is going to be very quiet. But um, I think Nuno's been told that there is no money for a striker. There is no Costa coming in. There is no Origi coming in. Um, That's why Cotrone is back. Um, Do with that what you can, essentially. So um, we might see Owen Otisawi, the uh, American central defensive midfielder, played in a a nine again. But, uh, But yeah, I think it's one of those. Interesting. And they're obviously up against West Brom in a big derby game, which if that doesn't spark life into the team, then what will? Um, and West Brom, not going well, not going well. The the Big Sam sort of effect hasn't quite happened yet. Um, I'm still backing it. I'm still fully, fully, fully backing <laughs> it. But um, it's very uncharacteristic uh, for, well, I guess for... I feel like West Brom have always been quite a tough side to beat. Like they've always they always seem to come up with these tough sides. And like when you, I mean, going back to things like Gary Megson's sort of West Brom days, and like back in the day, some of those awful West Brom sides, they were always a little bit tougher to beat. Oh, they felt a little bit tougher to beat. There was always a bit of grit about them. I don't know. Maybe that's just perception. Maybe that's just how I perceive them over the oh, years. I get you. I get you. And they had but they always had bit... like a Rondon, didn't they? They always had yeah. like a one guy. Yeah. That well, they had like, the Kaga for a while. Nickel. 
Yeah, they yeah, had Lukaku for a while, yeah. and like they, they've had players like this who can just sort of battle and scrap their way to, to points. Not really feeling it with them at the moment. Um, and obviously, like the last two games, two games in the Premier League, uh, they've lost them 4-0 and 5-0 to Leeds and Arsenal. Um, it's not great, is it, conceding nine, not scoring in your last two. Uh, Drew with Blackpool at the weekend, League One Blackpool, lost on penalties. It's not great. I mean, they've conceded 39, which is more than anybody else in the league so far. Only one of the teams conceded over 30, and that's Leeds with 33. So if wow. you think about it, every team's conceded sort of 20-something, and West Brom on the verge of conceding 40, which is just like, you can't you can't reasonably stay up without that bit of grit and without that bit of steel. And I mean, I guess they're pretty well-placed to find it in, in Allardyce. Um, but yeah, it just shows the importance of that defence, doesn't it? It's not just about sort of signing a couple of flary players. I know they've got Dian Garner and Pereira who can who can make things happen. Um, but it's just about coming up with that rugged, rugged back line. I think that's got to be the start point. Um, it's now or never, really, for, for, for West Brom. They're not cut adrift by any means, but they are down in 19th. Um, and this double game week, they've got Wolves and West Ham away. Um, and if you if you lose both of those and then you've got City following that and then, uh, I know I'm going to fourth and fifth games, but then the following games after that are Fulham and Sheffield United. This is such a key run for West Brom. If you don't pick up many points here, you really could be cut adrift. However, if they are going to pick up a clean sheet, um, maybe against very gold-shy Wolves, it would, you know, it, it could happen. Um, mm. we, we've, we've not got loads of goals in us. Um, we were always making chances, but um, if West Brom want to put down a marker that they're the back and they're changing and Sammy is making an impact, a clean sheet at Molyneux uh, does that. Mm. And a shout out to Sam Johnson as well, who I actually feel like is sort of playing his way into, dare I say, England contention. Um, he has been fantastic this season whenever I've watched West Brom. On the, on the few times I have seen them or on Match of the Day or whatever, um, he has been outstanding. He's made some great saves, which, I mean, that just goes to show how, how desperate the situation is in the back line. If, if Sam Johnson's probably probably saved another five or six, that, that other keepers may have, may have let in. Um, so props to him. But yes, a big performance needed in the Midlands derby. Uh, what's, your, oh, what's your prediction? <laughs> what is your prediction for this one, Mr. Wolves? It can only go one way. Um, I, I, I say Wolves 1-0. It's... We haven't got loads of goals in us. West Brom haven't got loads of goals in them. Pereira's off the boil a little bit. Um, he needs to to come back to top form. He got nine chances created against Sheffield United earlier this season. Matias Pereira. That's impressive. Um, he brings that form back. You know, he can do things for West Brom. But um, not this weekend, please. <laughs> I'm going with a 1-1 draw here. I agree. Not not many oh. goals in it, but I feel like, I feel like yeah, that, that like a firepower for Wolves, maybe just, just a bit. Concerning. Um, moving on. So once you've once you've wrapped that one up on BT Sport for your lunchtime kickoff, uh, we move over to Fulham v Chelsea in another another derby. Actually, it's, the three games we're covering are all big derbies. I haven't even realised this happy accident. Premier League, uh, all of them, all of them now. Where derby weekend? Uh, Sky Sports Premier League and main event five thirty on Saturday. It's Fulham versus Chelsea, and I'm labelling this the tale of two coaches. Um, we have, we'll start with Scott Parker at Fulham. Um, I really like Scott Parker. I'm a big fan of Scott Parker. 
Um, he speaks very well. He comes across very well. I really enjoyed his bit of fireworks with Mourinho this week. Just a little bit, a little bit of edge. Um, I like him standing up for his team. You know, bit of he's the sort of guy I think footballers would probably want to play for. Um, he's he's quite a charismatic character. Quite a can't always read what's going on behind his head, but you can tell he loves the club. You can tell he wants to wants to do well there. And um, and credit to him that he's actually turning things around with Fulham because they looked completely, well, they look like West Brom. They look completely defensively abject at the start of the season. Um, and he's actually coaching them into some very solid airtight form. Yeah, and um, positive form too. Um, against Spurs, they, they played on the front foot for a large majority of the game. They, Scott Parker obviously wants his team to go and attack um, and that's really good to see at the bottom. Um, they're slightly less gung-ho than, say, a Leeds who have got praised highly for their attacking <laughs> intent. Um, they concede slightly fewer um, and their, their draw against Spurs, um, by all accounts, um, was, was widely deserved. Um, it was nice to see Ivan Caviero popping up with a header um, because <laughs> didn't score many of those for Wolves um, and he hasn't for Fulham so far but um, but I think Fulham are in a similar spot if they had a, um, a red hot goal scorer as, as they once have um, you know Bobby Zamora maybe if he was back in the side um, they, they could be much more comfortable than they are um, I think they've got some they've got match winners in there haven't they yeah, Bob, Bobby Zamora. Yes, <laughs> what Fulham need is Bobby Zamora. <laughs> but uh, they need Louis Hart in that Pizza Hut jersey. That's what they need. Mm. The dream. Mm, Pizza. Um, their last five games drawn them all, Fulham. So when we talk about that need for a match winner, uh, surely, it's, surely it's right now. Uh, 1-1 draw against Liverpool, 0-0 with Brighton, 1-1 Newcastle, 0-0 Southampton, 1-1 Spurs. So there's three sort of tougher games in there and they've, they've come away with, with points in them all, which is it's quite admirable, really, considering at the start of the season they were let's say, conceding goals left, right and centre. Um, you hope the likes of Luckman can maybe just chip in with that that match winner, that that you know that 90th minute, just something to nudge them over the line, turn those one point into three points. Um, but it's interesting though, with with Newcastle above them, Crystal Palace above them, Brighton above them, all all wobbling at the minute, and and none of them looking quite assured. I think I think it'll be quite a small relegation battle this year in terms of only a few teams in it. Um, but Newcastle looks so bad at the moment. Sorry, this is a bit of a tangent. I just need to take the moment to say how bad Newcastle look because that's quite fun. Um, but they look so poor, and you just think. Fulham, their trajectory is actually sort of a bit of an upward curve, and and games like this against Chelsea, who are who are struggling a little bit at the moment, they'll be sort of licking their lips a little bit at, at games like this. Definitely, definitely, uh, Fulham are, are on, on for a, a decent season. You know, it's it's not the best of seasons, but it's definitely not the worst of seasons. Yeah, not not Sheffield United, but um, we yeah moving into this one, this West London derby, the, the tale of two coaches. We'll go over to Lampard now, and I feel like. Scott Parker is doing exactly what Lampard needs to do in co- coaching the most out of the players at his disposal. Because I know that I know the question marks now are going to be who who can Chelsea bring in to like change the game here and who can they, they buy and spend money and all that sort of stuff. Lampard has enough has has enough in that squad in in pretty much all areas of that squad. I know I know you can always improve. You can always sign the you know the better players in every position. They have a lot of talent there that is not hitting its potential right now and I think the pressure I like Lampard again I think he's got he's very similar to Parker I, I like him and I 
Um, I kind of believe him when he talks and, and I believe that he is doing everything he possibly can. Um, but we need to see this on the pitch now, don't we really? Because Roman Abramovich will not wait around too long, regardless of, of Frank Lampard, you know, his status. Uh, he won't wait too long to pull that trigger. Yeah, you think he'd got all the pieces to that puzzle now, but um, his formation is um, posing a very tricky task for him. Um, he's got the worst win percentage, Lampard, of any Chelsea manager in the Abramovich era, and that doesn't Agreed. sound good. When rumours are coming out that Avram Grant's being touted to come <laughs> and join your backroom staff, that's that's not a great sign. Um, Grant, obviously, a very good manager at, at Portsmouth and, and, and Chelsea, but um, Lampard want, surely wants to be his own man. And what you said about um, getting the best out of the players at his disposal, surely that's what he did last year. Hmm. With all the young players and under the transfer ban, he really kind of set some players alight. Mason Mount really took off. Hudson Adoy was having having flashes, and maybe he needs to get back to that a little bit. Um, ZX obviously struggled with injuries. Um, Werner. Um, with the with the the pace and power of the the Premier League, um, you know Havertz really they've not found a position for him. He's played about eight different positions, Chelsea. Mm. So maybe going back and, and and putting some more responsibility on on those players um, and Abraham or or unleashing Hudson Odoi and you know taking some of the shine off some of the other players mm. would do them some good. I think Pulisic is an interesting one as well because I was sort of tipping Pulisic for this breakout season. I know he, he didn't really have a pre-season at the start um, and he, he struggled with injury coming into it and sort of took him a while to sort of find his feet and get get appearances under his belt. Um, he could be dropped. I've been reading he could be dropped this weekend. Um, but I feel like he's sort of been the one player actually making those darting runs and being quite direct and, and trying to take the game by the scruff of the neck. And I think that's kind of what it is. Like Chelsea are a team of individuals at the moment without really, there's a lot of good ingredients without being a full meal. Um, if you want to put it in an, in an analogy, but I feel like Pulisic is one of those players who has been sort of taking the ball, running with it, driving it at the full back and cutting inside, uh, just not quite getting that. Whereas last season he would have taken the shot. It would have flown in this season. It's not quite happening. And so it, it, he almost comes off. He almost comes off a little bit selfish when he does that, even though he is actually, the one player who I think is is fully, um, or not fully, but he is engaged and he is trying to sort of drag his team through it. Um, and, and it's it's a shame that if, if he was the one to be dropped for that, but, uh, you know, I'm sure Lampard is is working on a on an 11, on a system that, that suits him best. But right now, I couldn't tell you what the best Chelsea team is. No, no clue. Um, and, and that is the reason Lampard's paid that big money because he's got to figure that out. Or like you said... Um, by the 2021-22 season, we may see an Allegri in charge mm. instead trying to do that. But um, yeah, not a full meal. Lots of spices, haven't they? But maybe they're missing the protein just right now. <laughs> spices and <laughs> spices and protein. I didn't want to say the meat. There's a lot, a lot of the players are vegan nowadays. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> protein. So, uh, nice. Protein, you get it. Nice bit of pre PC meal prep there. Um, moving on, uh, Fulham Chelsea. What is your prediction for this one? I'm going to say Fulham stretch their draw run to six. Yeah, one uh, one there. I think uh, Fulham could easily get a result. Yeah, I agree with that. I'll go with that. Hey, this is where Havertz probably takes off and scores three. But yeah, let's go with that. Fulham, Fulham, nice little one-one draw. And I'm sure they would probably take that. Um, moving on, the big game of the weekend. It's Liverpool 
and it's versus Manchester United. And it's the Sky Sports Premier League and main event at 4.30 kickoff on Sunday the 17th. Um, it's funny how the landscape changes in the Premier League so quickly, so quickly. Uh, a few weeks ago, it was Liverpool-Tottenham to see if Tottenham could stop Liverpool from breaking away, just sort of breaking loose of the pack and just going absolutely wild. And now we're looking at it and thinking... And after that game, we were all like, well, there it goes. Con- congratulations, Liverpool. Trophy's yours. You've defended it. It's all good. And now we're sitting here. They've got to catch up to Man United. Manchester United. <laughs> it's it's a funny old season. Uh, and we will chat more about the title race um, it, it, in in sort of focus uh, towards the end of this pod. For now, we'll, we'll sort of go into each of the teams. Um, Liverpool, what's going wrong? What's going wrong? Uh, quite a lot, really. Um, uh, <laughs> Thanks. Let's start at the back, eh? Let's start at the let's back. Start and at the back. Um, <laughs> they've got maybe one fit centre back, um, and he's a central defense, central defensive midfielder anyway. In Fabinho, mm. um, Fabinho is the bright light defensively for Liverpool. He is top for tackles, interceptions, blocks, clearances, aerial duels won at Liverpool. What would they do without him? <laughs> frankly um, and he's going to have a big job on his hands against United with their counter-attacking um, mm. to, to shut that down so uh, yeah the lack of centre-backs is an issue um, you know Matip and, and Phillips not even really in contention um, and then you move further forward they've got loads of central midfielders now they've got Thiago who could play a massive role going forward um, but their front line aren't scoring the goals that they used mm. to um, one goal from 4.87 xG against West Brom at Newcastle Southampton. Their last three. Uh, looking, they drew all of us. I was looking for the xG. You know, I was having mm. a little look around for the xG because I'm not usually a massive fan of the xG, but it, oh, it. it does. It does highlight. It does highlight, doesn't it? Because I think the easy thing with Liverpool this season is to just say, "Oh, Van Dijk's out," or it's the defence, or it's whoever the second centre back is. But they do have Allison there. They do have Trent there. They do have Robertson, and Fabinho is is performing. I mean, remarkably well at centre back, and I, I'm not saying that you know the last slot is insignificant like you still need a, a good defender in there but they're coping they're managing they're still you know they're not the floodgates aren't opening in every game against them but going forward they scored one in three and that was against West Brom the league's top score the league's uh, you know leakiest defense um it, it's funny how how a trio like Mane Salah Firmino can just stop it, it's funny is, is it fitness is it mentality is it uh, is it something tactical? It, it's bizarre how how such talents between each other, and, and you know, they can be unselfish and they can they can provide for each other. Apart from maybe Salah, who likes to go it alone sometimes. But it's funny how they can work together like that. They, they've got their own individual brilliance, and yet they, they're just not really coming up with the goods at the moment. Especially after that seven nil against Palace, it, it's bizarre. It just makes no sense. But yeah, yeah, they're, and they're all missing chances. It's not like they're not creating them they are still creating enough to be winning these games you mm. know to, to score not score against Southampton or Newcastle for, for Liverpool last season that would have been you know if you wrote that down on a piece of paper that you thought they wouldn't score against either you get massive odds um, this season it gets to a point where I want to ask the question when do we start to doubt them because mm. Mo Salah is my fantasy captain more weeks than he's not um, but when do we start doubting the fact that Liverpool are Liverpool 
They have lost players. They've got players out of form. There's obviously loads of fixtures. No team is the team that they were last season. Um, and, and Liverpool could slip away here. Um, I don't think that they will. I think that there's quality. I think Klopp knows now um, how to manage his team and, and what they need to win. But um, it is, it's worrying times. And every Liverpool fan I speak to, they're, they're glum. Uh, they're just as glum as us Wolves fans. <laughs> Wow, Liverpool fans glum. Oh my word! <laughs> I've literally heard everything now. Like that's it. I've I've completed the book of things to hear. Um, if you are a glum Liverpool fan, please let's go and have a chat. Give me a call on blah 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 blah. I don't care. <laughs> so, whew, just had to, had to get a little rant out there. But yeah, you can see that in relative, in relative terms. Um, that Liverpool, I'm sure after last season and and making improvements, a couple of youngsters coming through, they'd have expected to actually expand, you know, potentially extend their 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 lead over the rest of the league. Um, and yet here we are with Manchester United in first place and I was mocked a little while ago wasn't I Mr Wilson for um, <laughs> I totally totally knew what Solskjaer was doing totally knew when he lost Champions League and he was just you know he was just trying to galvanise his team or some something like that but no Manchester United are firmly in this um, a very good run of form barely lost a game in, in months Um it's funny how they, they have just sort of broke out of the pack. Do you think it's a... I saw Jason McNatier actually this morning uh, with Sky Sports basically saying that it was a false position for Man United. Um, nah. Are, are we believing that? Are we believing that? Oh, you my, are, my, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a doubter. It doesn't feel that bright. Man United, top of uh, A, the Premier League and the WSL for the first time ever, which is a lovely <laughs> thing for, for Man United fans. Um, but... Uh, for for Oli, uh, things are slightly less bright than than for the women's team. The women's team have been a bit more dominant, and United are, are not. Um, so their last four wins in the Premier League uh, and the FA Cup, all by one goal margin. Uh, let me just point these out. Um, so they got a deflection against Burnley that went <laughs> through the smallest gap possible in Nick Pope's legs. That was ridiculous. Um, he had a deflection against Wolves, Rashford with a last minute uh, winner, bounced off Romain Sice, broke his heart. Um, they had a set piece header in the fifth minute against Watford that they um, that they held on to, didn't, didn't uh, score again. And Fernandez scored a penalty, which ended up being the winner against Villa. So they are winning. They're doing that grinding, that snatching thing that Mourinho loves. Um, so uh, that probably would be quite painful for him to see. Um, but I think that is indicative of uh, the lack of super optimism there. I think Man United are used to teams steamrolling through these these lower uh, clubs, winning by three or four goals and, and eking out 1-0 wins through some penalties or some, some fortune um, makes their position do look a bit more tenuous than maybe it should. But isn't that, isn't that, isn't that how teams win titles, though? Like we're, we're we're focusing on those, you know, in in you know in depth scrutiny over Man United's goals there. But when Liverpool have picked up wins, they've picked up some pretty suspicious penalties over the over the <laughs> over the seasons, and and they'll have scored from deflections, they'll have scored goals that maybe they didn't quite deserve, or you know, there's so many other circumstances for how every team scores goals. Do you not think it like loosely balances out over the season though? I just think what we're if, if this was ten games in, I'd be a bit more dubious about Man United. 
I feel like we're at the halfway stage now, and I'm not saying they are the favourites. I don't think they are. Uh, we haven't even mentioned the favourites yet. We'll come on to that in a moment. No, but, we haven't. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I just think they deserve to be where they are right now. And Solskjaer's taken a lot of a lot of flack. And yeah, maybe I, I was too premature when I said he wasn't doing a bad job earlier in the season. And it's I've just got a bit lucky with the prediction because because they have actually turned out all right. But I do think in he is playing a system that gets the best out of the tools at his disposal. So he's getting the most out of Fernandez. Rashford has been playing. If you look at Rashford's stats, actually his consistency um, is is far and above what it has been in previous seasons. He's getting the most out of his key players, and that for me deserves immense credit, really. Um, and they're cutting out the mistakes as well. They're, they're winning these games by a goal here and there. That's fine. Um, and whereas again, maybe in the past, if the players, you know, we've seen goals, Istanbul want to keep coming back to that that shotgun sort of set piece uh, from the corner, uh, total lapse. Haven't haven't really noticed that as much recently. I feel like the sort of the focus is there, their concentration levels are up, they're they're sort of tuned into every game they're playing now. And I just think even if the margins are fine, they're still being cutthroat enough to put the goals away and actually. You know, holding firm at the back and and one nil wins, two nil wins. That's exactly if Mourinho was doing that with Spurs, we'd all be sitting here saying, "What a masterclass! What a masterclass!" Um, yeah. So I I think I think they have a long way to go, and this is actually a very good gauge. This is coming along at the right time, I think, for Man United. Pretty much exactly at the right time for Man United. Um, but I think this is a fascinating match, uh, and I'd love to know what your predictions are for this one. Definitely. I think you're right. I think uh, United deserve the credit. Um, I, when I was watching the Wolves game, I did feel like it was inevitable that United would either score or Patricio would have to make a save yeah. um, to, to get us that draw. Um, they've, they've took up the clutch, you know, that clutch mentality mm. that Liverpool have lost this season. Um, it's Ferguson, and, though, isn't it? That, that's how Ferguson. That's yeah. I'm not. I'm not. You know, comparing them to the Fergie team because obviously they're not, but. It's that level of like Fergie didn't win games three or four nil every single week. Like Fergie won so many games from two one down with five minutes to go, and and I just I just wonder about the perception of of Solskjaer, how that reflects on the team. I think if if that was Ferguson grinding out these wins, I think we'd maybe have a slightly different perception on how United have performed this season. So it couldn't be that. Great. <laughs> I, think, I think that's a very fair point. Um, doesn't mean I think that they're going to um, win this weekend, though. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't. I think they're going to draw. <laughs> um, I'm going to go for a second draw of three. Um, but I think it's going to be goals in this one. I think Liverpool will will come out um, wanting to make a point. But United on the counter-attack, I think they will will catch Liverpool cold at the back because they might play you know, Henderson or something at centre-back. So um, a nice 2-2. Um, keeps the keeps the league alive, doesn't it? I'm, I've got this horrible, horrible feeling it's going to be one of those like infamous nil-nil draws where everybody gets psyched <laughs> up for it and then nothing happens. I know I'm supposed to be like hyping up this game for you all to go away and watch it, but um, <laughs> my 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 heart says five all. My head's just telling me this is going to be an absolute slog. <laughs> um, I, I agree with you. I think goals. I do. I do think goals. Um, there is again the ingredients there. For a two-all draw, but um, this is oh, this is just the sort of game that ends in nothing, isn't it? We'll see. 
Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just really glum. Maybe this is just a glum 2021 approach. Do you know what though? We're here for the ride, Michael. We're here for we're... the journey of the 90 minutes. And we if are. it's a tedious one, like straight down the M1 with nothing so, to look at, so that's fine. It. Yeah, that's fine, mate. Um, and moving up, we might as well address the title race now before we go into Premier League, uh, Fantasy Premier League to wrap it up. But um, who who are you going for? What, what it's, it's such a tight league and it's such a shame, actually, as well. I, I don't want to keep going about fans not being there because it's a bit tedious when it's sort of mentioned every week in commentary. But, but it is a shame fans aren't there for, for such a title race. Um, I mean, you've, you've got what, I'm just looking at the table now, seven points between seventh and top. And four points between Southampton in seventh and Liverpool in second. So it's so, so tight up there. Who do you think are realistic contenders? How many, how many actual, how many sides do you think can actually win this Premier League title this year? Three? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think to say more would be, would be uh, pushing it. I think that the, the title race is seven teams large. Though. Yeah. I think you're right to say down to Southampton. Um, Southampton down in seventh. They play the football that they can beat anyone. Beat Liverpool, you know, a couple of weeks ago, um, and and it's not that surprising a result. Um, they're they're an excellent football inside. Hazel Hooten's got them drilled to within an inch of their sanity, um, but they're doing it every every week basically. Ings having COVID um, just just got a positive test. Um, uh, it's a frustration, obviously, because uh, he hasn't been there for a while. But yes, they're very much in a, a European uh, top four race. Um, Spurs are giving it away too much, aren't they? They could be top by points and points. But, you know, they did it against Wolves, um, gave it away. They gave it away against Fulham yesterday, gave it away against Palace. Dropping two points in, in, in games like those. Uh, is not good enough. Um, I think they're there for the top four. They still can fight for that. I think the the, the top spot, um, their mentality um, will be a worry for Mourinho still um, dropping off like that. Anyway, mm. uh, Everton, one, only one point off Liverpool. Um, no reason why Everton can't go and win the league. I don't think they will go and win the league. Um, they've got that kind of clutch win against, Man- uh, against Wolves um, last game, which was painful, but very well deserved. Um, I think in the end, uh, Everton, they didn't have loads of chances, but um, they didn't have Calvert-Lewin. Richarlison only came off the bench. Uh, Michael Keane and Mina looked really good at the back. Um, so top four for them. But um, And Leicester as well. They're going to be aiming top four. Their, their sights won't be set on the Premier League title. Um, and I think that's why they won't get there. Um, you know, I think the, the three at the top, Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, will all be only wanting to win the league at this point. And I think that's why it will be one of those three. Mm. I I am not ruling out Leicester again, you know. Uh, when we're seeing three, I'm going three and a half. I just <laughs> think we're fools. We all did this before. We all did this before. We ruled them out. And yeah, dark. I mean, very much dark horses. But Madison is but- stepping up now. We have Vardy, who is just quite simply a Premier League legend at this point. It's not just a flash in a pan, obviously. Um, I think there's there's quality in that side, you know. And I think as Soyuncu Chu comes back, as they, they've had a few injuries throughout the season, I know Fafana's stepped up with Evans, um, but once Soyuncu Chu comes back, if he's back at, at full fitness, and Pereira, I know you like Pereira, if he comes back and does well, 
Um, a bit more settled team, a few more options in there. I don't know. Le- Leicester sort of dropped off the pace, didn't they, at the end of last season? Could you see that happening this time around with players coming back, actually sort of coming back fresh? Maybe it's the reverse. Could they actually step up in the second half of the season? I- I'm 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 going to say they're on the edge, I'm on the fringe of this title race. I'm going to actually rule them in. I'm going to rule them in the title race. I don't Whoa. think they'll do it. I don't think they'll do it, but I genuinely... They look class. <laughs> they look really good in, in the games I've watched them. Um, obviously, people like Harvey Barnes as well. Harvey Barnes and Madison. I think, don't underestimate the impact of the Euros on those two players. Because those two players, um, I mean, they're not even being talked about really in the squad at the moment. And they have a lot of work to get into the squads. And, you know, if they do put in that work and if they do go on nice little runs, then they could earn themselves a spot in Southgate's thinking. Um, but it's going to have to require some fireworks. And I think, I think, I just think Leicester have points to prove all across the pitch. And I'm interested. I, I, I could see them finishing top four or, 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 or higher and actually sort of taking this at least close to the wire. Um, but I want to talk about Manchester and a point City. To prove in the dugout. You, what was that? Sorry. And a, and a point to prove in the dugout as well. Uh, Mr. Brendan Rogers been so close with yes. Liverpool. Imagine him pipping Liverpool to the title this year. That would be huge. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. <laughs> now we've got some glum Liverpool fan faces <laughs> at, that, at that prospect of Brendan Rodgers lifting the trophy. And Manchester City uh, are our final contenders. I, f- I just feel like Manchester City are... They're the favourites. They've got to be. They've got to be. They look scary, man. They look scary. And I know 1-0 against Brighton doesn't look too great uh, from the outside, but it was that Chelsea game a few weeks ago. And I, th- I, I looked at the analysis of it. The first, it was the first goal and second goal. And they just, they were relentless. They barely gave a touch to Chelsea between those two goals. They've figured out a way to play without Aguero. And if you can figure out a way to play without Aguero then, I don't know, that, that feels like it's been Man City's problem for a while. They haven't had that backup. And now they've thought, you know what, we don't have that backup. We're going to play six midfielders and we're still going to beat you. Um, Phil Forden turns up uh, sort of weekly now. I mean, that was an unbelievable finish the other night, cutting in from the left on his right foot, which, you know, that, that shouldn't be Phil Forden, but, but he's doing it. Um, I just think they have a lot of weapons in that midfield who are coming into their own and adding Aguero to a team who is, you know, four points away from the top already. Can you see anybody stopping them? And at the back as well, Diaz and Stones, I mean, just unmovable, unshakable at the back. And you just think a Man City team who can defend, that's not something we've seen in in a long time, really, is it? Like they've never really been known for their defensive work. And, and here we are, probably their strongest defensive campaign so far. And... You know, they're almost doing it in reverse now. They can defend, they're just starting to add the goals to it now. And uh, yeah, I think for that reason, Man City, they're my boys this time around, I think. Yeah, I worry about the the lack of a goal scorer. Um, they do huff and puff in games sometimes. And I think that could come by, uh, back to bite them. Um, but 
but yeah, they are they are deadly um, across the pitch. So you'd think someone would step up in most games. Um, shout out to Cancelo as well, who uh, defensively really solid, but is picking up some really interesting positions when City are in the attack. Um, very kind of narrow, uh, and then and then drifting more uh, out wide around the back of a fullback, creating chances. He looks impressive. Um, City aren't my favourites. Um, I'm still sticking with Liverpool. Um, that that trio uh, of uh, Mane, Salah and Firmino I think might get them over the line still. We will, we will address this very soon. I'm sure next week we'll probably take a bit of a look across the league at the halfway point and see how teams are faring at both ends of the table. Um, very quickly, we have a double game week coming up in Fantasy Premier League, which has been slowly ruined by a couple of um, cancelled fixtures. And... <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I don't, I don't know if you saw my disappointed face, but when you said Danny Ings has just tested positive for COVID there, um, I didn't actually know that. And guess who I put into my fantasy team yesterday? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I brought Danny Ings in for... You've got to wait for the deadline, Michael. I know, I know, I know. I went early. I just wanted to get all my ducks in a row, so to speak. And... I put, I put him in and then Southampton's game with Leeds got cancelled. I actually, in fact, let's go the whole hog here. I put Patrick Bamford and Danny Ings both in because they're double game weeks. Oh! It, it, doesn't that suck? So now we have um, Bamford is down a game and Ings is down two games. So, I mean, probably a four-point hit to put Antonio in maybe. I guess four I've been hit. thinking Antonio, but Antonio, uh, yeah, that is both, painful. Yeah, if he plays both games, and that's your four-point hit back, and any anything on top of that's a bonus. So might go for that, but pretty fed up to be honest. <laughs> I think uh, I was going to yeah, go. With, sorry about that, mate. Yeah, I was going to go with a bench boost um, if I'd had the full array of players available, but there was a couple of injuries, so I just thought I'll hold on to my my bench boost. Um, I did use the free hit this week, and that's going quite well. If I'm honest, um, just need a little clean sheet from Arsenal tonight, uh, and then I think I'll have been up to about sixty points, which is pretty good for for a week where huh? a lot of the teams aren't playing. Um, do you have any fantasy Premier League tips for us this week? Uh, well, my team, uh, I've got it stacked now um, with with double game week players. I think the big one is City defenders with uh, with Palace at home and Villa at home. Mm. Villa obviously do score, but you think that's two clean sheets there. I might treble up and bring in Edison for, for Alex McCarthy. And then I've got Cancelo and Diaz um, and just really go, go hard to see if I can get the, <laughs> all those clean sheet points. Um, but, but some other nice ones in there, uh, really Salah uh, is going to be my captain. Uh, Burnley at home in the next, in the second game is, is a tasty one. Um, Suchek though, if you can get Suchek in now, this is a good old time. Burnley at home, then West Brom at home. Mm. <sighs> big not header bad. in there, surely. <laughs> big header. Like, not bad, not bad. I've got Edison actually. I've got Edison and Stones, so that's pretty good. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got, yeah. My team's all right, you know. Edison, Dyer, Stones, Chilwell, Lawton, Fernandez, Salah, Grealish, Bamford, Ings, Kane. So I'm feeling like there's something in there. And Neto on the bench as well. So I don't know. Neto against West Brom, are you backing him? Nah. Oh, yeah. I back Neto all day. He's oh, wonderful. 
Interesting. Well, maybe that's what I can do, actually. Put Neto in for rings. Anyway, I'll work that out later. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting game week. So <laughs> make sure you get your transfers in and make sure you check which players have and do not have the COVID um, before you make critical errors like myself. Thank you very much for joining me, Mr. Jake Wilson. What's coming up in Match of the Day magazine in 2021 to kickstart the year? Well, loads is coming up in 2021. We've got some big projects ahead. We've got lots coming onto the YouTube. But current mag is a very special one. It's the January transfer window. As we know, we haven't really spoke about it much because uh, it's been a bit slow till now. But we've got a 100% transfers issue on shelves right now. It's got some brand new match attacks on there and everything you need to know about the transfer window. Uh, all the biggest deals that have happened in the past, all the ultimate transfer quizzes that you could want. It is, uh, it's a pretty tasty one, Michael. And any younger readers uh, out there or any parents of any uh, young uh, football fans out there, it's not a bad one to look at, I don't think. Very nice. Very nice. I like your plugs. I like your plug. You should be like a guy on the radio. You know, you should do that. Just just your little your little beaming, beaming voice coming over the... Yeah, anyway, I'm just running down roads i don't need to go down um thank you very much for joining me and you can also go to radiotimes.com slash sport for all the latest previews on every sporting event coming up we have premier league we have a bit of fa cup next weekend uh we've got six nations coming up in february which is just a bit mad uh we have a lot of stuff going on in the next couple of months Uh, we've got a bit of masters snooker on at the moment and you can also follow us you can actually follow us now we're on Twitter. We're doing the Twitter <gasps> thing now. Uh, you can follow us at Radio Times Sport. Have I got that right? Radio Times Sport. Uh, you can give us a follow. Give us a give us a few likes and a few retweets and get us get the ball rolling because there's not really many people at the moment. So I'm just screaming into the void. Um, thank you very much for listening, and we'll speak to you next week. Cheers. Bye. Bye.